0: We are here with D3Pod podcast. I'm your co-host, Alexis Gaddy. Alongside we have Mike and Nate. Go ahead, guys. Introduce yourselves.
1: And you know, as Nate, you know, back on the podcast. Got a lot to talk about today and definitely have some hot takes.
2: Yeah, Mikey Clutch here. Ready to get it started. Excited about the NBA schedule coming out. We got a lot of extensions happening. Let's get into it. All
0: right. Yes, it is definitely Christmas in August. We got our Christmas Day schedule, and we got our opening night matchups. Um, but before we get into that, I want to take it back a couple of days. We just had uh, the late, great Kobe Bryant's birthday. Um, definitely a significant piece in the NBA, altered the NBA forever. So I want to go ahead, Nate, what did Kobe Bryant mean to
1: you? Kobe meant a lot, especially, like, me growing up playing basketball. You know, when you take that fadeaway shot, you yelling out Kobe, taking that – you count down five, four, three, two, one in your head, you're yelling out Kobe, you know. He meant a lot to the game. So, for me, it was just one of those great players and a great person on top of that um, yeah. that you could look up to.
2: Absolutely. How about you, Mike? Yeah, I mean, he's the reason why I'm a Lakers fan. The first person I fell in love with watching basketball was Kobe. And I just – admired everything he did the hard work he put in and, and how much like everybody looked up to him as a player like they wanted to be kobe after mj retired and it was just, like the same thing for me i didn't even play basketball uh you know competitively but every time i was with my buddies on uh, you know on the driveway playing definitely like nate said like hitting that fadeaway calling kobe you know
0: yeah absolutely kobe definitely will be missed will definitely be remembered um, for years to come so for kobe who would you we all I know we all think that Kobe is a great he is a great as far as the end, uh, being in the NBA as far as the all time list, where would you guys place him?
1: Nate, where would you place him? Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna let Mikey go first on this. Okay. I wanna see what him?
2: Putting the pressure on no, I, I got him uh, as as much as he's my favorite player of all time, I got him number three. You know, I got I got Jordan, mm-hmm. LeBron, and then Kobe. You know, and then everybody else behind them. I know there's greats like Wilt and Kareem and Shaq, uh, mm-hmm. Duncan, and everybody's you know got Isaiah Thomas up there in their top list too. But uh, now for me, those are my top three. And you could even interchange MJ and LeBron. But yeah, Kobe will always stick there. He's got five rings, and he did a lot that uh, others couldn't. Really
3: uh,
1: sure. Honestly. If okay, when I think about Kobe, right, I think there's a difference between greatest and best, right? Like Kobe's legacy was great. But I feel like his legacy was better than how good he was actually as a player. So when I'm putting him in my top 10, like Mikey says three, right? Like I don't even I think if I'm putting him in my top 10, I would have him at 10, honestly. If I'm looking at the Lakers, I don't even know if I think that Kobe is the top three best Laker of all time. But I think I think he's a Laker great for sure. He's one of the greatest. Like his legacy, what he did for the game and everything. But actual playing ability, like I can't put him ahead of Kareem or Magic or Shaq. You know, like and depending on how LeBron handles his last years with the Lakers, he's gonna be right up there with them too. So it's like. I think he was great I think he was a dog but I don't think I think he's slightly overrated I think especially after what happened was really unfortunate what happened with him but I think after that then a lot of people started putting him higher than he usually would be
0: so your official list is
1: 10 I put him at 10
2: oh wow (laughs) shit he was he's been number three for me all along even even before what happened i got kobe up there i don't care what anybody says he was my favorite play to watch i didn't get to watch uh you know all the really the great greats in their prime you know i wasn't even born yet or even remember yet uh being able to remember those games but like i said he's the first one in my eyes that's my top 10 i know top 10s are very debatable and everybody's got their own personal opinion. So my personal opinion, he's number three without a doubt. Uh, but I, hey, everybody's right to their own opinion. So I, I I could agree with you too, Nate. But as far as the players I've been able to watch and, and like grow up remembering everything that they did, no no doubt he's number three for me. Number three
0: for you, so, number ten for Nate.
2: <laughs> so
1: <laughs> so you think? Do you think he's better than like Shaq? Do you think his time? In his career, he's better than like Shaq, and now are we Green talking playmaking.
0: And... Or are we talking? No, no, no. About... Actually,
1: like, like all together, all around okay, game. Like, around if you want, around. if you had to pick somebody to put on that court, right? Oh, I'm, I'm picking
2: Kobe. I'm picking Kobe, uh, and especially because he did Kobe. it. He did it longer. He did it longer. He took care of himself. He was a, a better, like a bigger competitor. I know Shaq. He he, like when he first got into the league, he was a force to be reckoned with, unstoppable down low, but the way he ended his career, just like falling off, falling off. I just, I think Kobe, the sustainability and the longevity of him puts him over the top. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I can understand
0: that. We respect, we respect the decisions, the opinions.
1: <laughs> very I different, but very it.
0: valid. Respect, I, yeah, I understand yeah. though. absolutely. Kobe definitely will be missed. Um, definitely will be remembered and will be a contribution to the game um, forever. But speaking of the Lakers, they will be tipping off opening night right behind the Brooklyn, Letts, Brooklyn Nets excuse me, at the Milwaukee Bucks. Golden State will be at um, L.A. Lakers. We have the Boston Celtics the next day, October 20th, at the Knicks. Denver Nuggets will be playing at the Suns. And before we get any further, I'm going to back it up. Let's go back to tip off first night. We have Brooklyn Nets at Milwaukee Bucks, reigning champs and a team that isn't everyone odd to be in the finals for this season. What do you guys, what are you expecting? Do you think this is a potential matchup that we're watching?
2: Or nothing? Yeah, I honestly think opening night is a preview of both conference finals. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm picking the Nets and the Bucks to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I still think the Bucks are going to best them out. I know everybody's all hyped because of the big three over there, and they're trying to sign all three to the extension. I think Durant got signed, but... I don't know. I think the Bucks are still too much to handle for the Nets. I know if, if Kevin Durant had, you know, if his feet were two inches shorter, then <laughs> they, they would have probably made it to the conference uh, finals, too. But I don't know. I, I think, yeah, this is a potential Eastern Conference Finals matchup. And it'll be fun. Bucks got the best of them last year and even in the regular season. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward. Open night. They, they they did it right in the NBA for sure.
0: Potential
1: uh, matchup, Lincoln? I mean, Nathan? Yeah, I, I could see him in the conference finals. But I don't see I don't see Milwaukee getting past them this year. I think they got lucky last year. And I don't think they're gonna get lucky no more. Like if if they're healthy. That's yeah. the big if with that team. It's just if they're healthy, they're I think they're by far the best team in the NBA healthy. And if they're not healthy, it's kind of like, you know, what can you do? But Golden State, I do think Golden State is gonna start making their little comeback if mm-hmm. Clay stays healthy. I think Clay is one of the biggest parts of that team anyway. Like so I just I feel like if the Lakers and the Warriors both stay healthy, the Lakers would probably beat them. But the Warriors are definitely taking the six or seven.
0: Even though, so last year, the Bucs got by without Kyrie and James Harden at times. time. So having all that yeah. manpower now on the floor, you feel like the Bucs still are going to be able to maneuver through that.
1: Yeah, okay. they signed uh, Patty Mills, too, right? I just I, – I don't see – or the Nets, I mean. I, I think – okay, here, Mikey, who do you think is going to be in the championship? Who do you think is going to
2: be? Uh, in the championship, I would probably have to go Milwaukee out of the east, out of the west, because, again, I don't uh, – it, it's the health concern, and we haven't been able to see these teams stay healthy. Uh, you know, I'm talking LeBron and AD, or AD, because that, that, that's the big – you know, X factor for the Lakers, and like you said with the Nets, I don't, I don't trust any of these old teams to really be healthy. And I think Golden State, I think Golden State could get back there uh, with Clay being at a hundred percent and back because, like you said, he's the he's a key uh, for that team and the three and D that he, he he's one of uh, he's a, a great defender. Uh, and obviously, we know he he's the second best shooter in the league behind Steph. So uh, I think it's going to be Golden State against Milwaukee in the finals this year.
3: Hmm, interesting
2: so now
0: I I know go ahead Nate
2: I think like what
1: what type of clay are we going to get back though because he literally suffered like like the two worst injuries as a basketball player you could even think of you know how does he bounce back how does he look when he comes back how is his defense after a torn ACL and uh Achilles like I think literally I think that whole Warriors team like depends on how clay is
2: yeah, but I I think because Clay, yeah, the injuries that he had, he's not an explosive type of player, especially on offense. He he's catch shoot, so I don't think he, he's gonna have any issues with his shooting. Yeah, on the D, he might, you know, fall off a little bit, but I think he's still gonna be good enough to lock up either the best or second best player on the other team.
0: So we won't. I know reports have been made that we probably won't see Clay for opening night. More likely Christmas Day. So Christmas Day they'll be. Playing the Suns, how do you guys feel like that
2: matchup will be with them? I think that's a good matchup for Golden State. I, I think they're just, I'll just, I think a better squad when healthy than a healthy Phoenix team. I know they got Chris Paul, who's got a taste of the finals, and Book is on the rise. But I mean, I would take Clay and Steph over the league, honestly, just as a combo, and with Draymond. With Draymond. With those two guys in the lineup, Draymond's going to, you know, he's a dog when he wants to be. And I, I think he's going to get back to that this year. He, he turns it on in the biggest game. So I, I think we're going to see the big three in, in Golden State, step it back up and kind of get back into relevance here. Yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely. Going back to that Golden State and Lakers game real quick, um, what do you guys feel? Do you guys feel like Golden State has to almost make a statement coming out the gate given their run last season and then with the new additions to the Lakers' sides of Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook? If they come out not necessarily good, do you think that like kind of puts a negative connotation on them for the rest of the season or sets them back?
2: Oh, my bad. No, I I honestly think that because both teams are getting guys back and getting new guys in, it's going to – the first few games, the first couple months, honestly, before All-Star break even, you're kind of learning, seeing who – you know, what rotation works best. Uh, Guys got to get the chemistry down because, again, we don't know how Westbrook and LeBron are going to be together. Uh, I don't think it necessarily works – right off the bat it's going to take some time to you know see who you know how they work together together while they're on the floor you know because they're both ball dominant and that's going to be the biggest thing that that they're going to have to learn how to how to you know operate deviate yeah operate
3: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i don't i don't think i don't think there's no pressure to start the season for either teams i think they're both established the teams and the players, LeBron knows there's no rush. Steph knows there's no rush. They're winning players. And I, I think it's more of the younger teams that have to come out and make a statement because they haven't really proved themselves before. You know, I think everybody – I think everybody – every basketball fan in the world knows that LeBron is going to be a dog and he's going to lead his team. And if the Warriors are healthy, Steph, Dre, and Clay are all dogs and they're going to lead their team. So I don't think there's no pressure coming out the gate for them because they know they're winners. They've won in the past. They really do this. So it's kind of just a matter of figuring out how their teams are going to operate with new pieces, uh, come back from injuries. And I mean, especially the Lakers with Russell Westbrook and LeBron playing together. So I don't think there's no pressure at all.
0: Absolutely. We'll see. We'll see. So following along, we have for the next day, October 20th, we got, Boston Celtics at Knicks. They also got some new players, some former Celtics, actually. So that'll be interesting to see. They got Kemba Walker um, and Evan Fournier going back, or oh, former Celtics players now on the Knicks. How do you guys feel like that matchup
2: is going to be? Yeah, I, th- uh, I
1: think... You got it, Mikey. You got it, Mikey. No, what no, you got like...
2: Uh, yeah, so, I, I mean, that matchup, that's going to be interesting because the Celtics really kind of underachieved last year. I thought they were going to be a top four seed in the East uh, before the season started, and I, I don't know what it was. Brad Stevens was this genius, you know, dubbed this genius head coach at a young age, and really since Isaiah Thomas left, they haven't been that same team. You even bring Kyrie. That was a failed, exper- uh, failed experience. Al Holford's coming back. Uh And Brad Stevens now isn't even the coach. He's stepping into the front office role. So uh, maybe the new head coach knows how to get these guys going. And it kind of did hurt them last year with Jalen Brown going out too uh, at the end of the season. So uh, once you have him and Tatum, if they're a good one-two punch, like we've seen, they're they're still growing, they're getting better, uh, I think they'll be okay. But the Knicks, from that side, They signed some good players in free agency. And I think they're on the rise as well, how young they are. And we'll see how R.J. Barrett, he took a huge leap last season. And, you know, Randall getting a taste of the playoffs, he didn't do well in that Hawks series. So I think they're going to bounce back and look good because they were able to keep some guys.
1: Yeah, I think Boston. Boston, I feel like, has the most to prove out of any team coming into the season. Like, last season, it was just, like, it was a disappointment, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And you got these young players, these young, really good players. You got pieces to fit around them. We got see how, how it is with the new head coach coming in. But it's, like, last year, y'all, y'all messed up. Like, there's no reason they shouldn't be, like, top five in the conference.
0: What do you think they messed up yeah. last
1: year? I think they just fell off. I know Jalen got hurt. But it's just kind of yeah. like, they just kind of fell off though. It's just, I like, even last season, I had high expectations coming in for them into the season. Right. And they finished 36 and 36. Mm-hmm. I think looking at that team and that coach, or at least I thought with that coach, they're definitely over a 500 team. Even though Jalen Brown goes down for a little bit, there's no reason you should be fighting with uh, the wizards, pacers and Hornets for a playoff spot in the, in the playing tournament. Like, Not with the team you got. Like, it's just – I don't – I think that was disappointing.
2: It was huge. And they also – the Celtics, I think more than half of their games they played last year, they were down by double digits at some point in those games. And they were always trying to fight back and having to, you know, come back from these huge deficits. And that's something that you wouldn't have expected pre, you know, regular season last year. And the struggles just – they were so inconsistent. And so, somebody's got to figure out how to change that. I know uh, they got Chris Donna. He's a good defensive player. Like I said, Al Horford's coming back. So it's a familiar face. But they got Dennis Schroeder now too. They extended Marcus Smart, who I don't know. How, to me, the Marcus Smart extension wasn't smart. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, I mean, he, he's a great player. He hustles, but he's just, he's one of the worst shooters in the league. He, he just does some things that, during the games, they, like what are you doing? You know, you're go, you're diving for balls out of bounds that there's no ch- chance to get. You're gonna get hurt. You just he, he's trying to lay it all on line in the regular season, which I like the fight, but you got to pick your spots sometimes in the NBA. And uh, he's just he hasn't been that great. Uh, yeah, he's getting older now too, and he hasn't been that good since a, a, a couple seasons ago where he really lit it up.
0: Absolutely. All right, on to our next game for that night. We have Denver Nuggets at uh, Phoenix Suns. They just fell short last year of an NBA title, um, playing first two playoff opponents from last season. Where do you guys feel the Suns are going with their roster that they have
2: this year, the season going in? Mikey? Yeah, I think think the Suns are going to be, you know, another top team, again, in the West. Even if the West is fully healthy, I think they're one of the best four teams, at least. I don't think we're going to see Utah and Denver, you know, be as good as they were last year. Uh, Denver had a lot of hype when, when they uh, brought in Aaron Gordon, which I wasn't really all for. I know Jamal Murray went down and, and that was a big key piece uh, that was missing. But I, I think that Phoenix is still going to be one of the top teams in the West in fighting for another finals appearance. They just got to get through the Lakers and Golden State in my eyes. But I, in the West, I think they're the third best team. And
3: what you I what's uh, your name?
2: The Suns are interesting to me because it's
1: all about them, like about their young stars getting better. How good can De- DeAndre Aiden get? You know, Devin Booker is good, but can he take it to that next level? Like – I hear, I heard all last season with these Kobe comparisons. And in my head, I don't know how Mikey feels about it. In my head, I'm like, that's like the dumbest thing I could hear is like, I don't think he has that dog in him like Kobe had or the defense that Kobe had, but none of that stuff. And I think he has a lot of hype right now. So I think it's a lot of pressure on him and that team coming into the season. Um, but it just kind of depends on how him and DeAndre can grow as players. I think, Lakers, Golden State. I think Clippers are gonna be one of the top teams in the West next year, too. Yeah. Um you think
3: who?
1: Clippers. Clippers, Golden State, and Lakers for sure. I think our top really? three. I, I could put Yeah, Phoenix. you know what? I could put Phoenix I, I messed
2: right up. outside right
3: there.
2: I'm not stuff. I think you asked me my finals prediction. I'm going uh, Clippers in Milwaukee. I forgot about. I don't know why I forgot about the Clippers. Maybe because Kawhi's not going to be playing until halfway through the season. Yeah. But if they make the playoffs and he's back and he gets back after you know the ACL surgery and all that, I think I think it's going to be Clips in uh, Milwaukee. Clips in Milwaukee for your finals. Yeah. yeah. Does that change
3: change
2: anything for you
0: night or not?
1: Mm. who you, you so who you got then Bucks or Clippers winning that series then And how many games I
2: think it's gonna be Clippers in seven mm.
1: that's interesting
2: yeah.
1: if that's the matchup I agree if that's if that's the matchup in the finals I agree but I don't think that's gonna be the matchup but who you got I can see that I got Lakers Brooklyn like it should have been this year like like everybody in the world wanted to see this year um, yeah,
2: but the thing is I haven't seen Anthony Davis other than the, the COVID season when they were in the bubble and they had two-month break. I haven't seen Anthony Davis stay healthy at all in his career in any seasons. He's always right, been right, hurt. Right. And then same thing with the Brooklyn Nets. like Kyrie, he is a wild card. He's never consistent on if he's going to be there or not. He's, he's leaving for personal reasons. Thinks the earth is flat. Like, I don't know, he's a bit of a flake, so I really can't count him. Honestly, last year when they got rid of everybody defensively to get James Harden, I thought they should have flipped around and just traded Kyrie for some defensive help because I, I think they've the been. I think they wanted to see. Uh, defensively, see, I would like a Paul George on that team over at Kyrie. That would be nice. That'd be interesting. But I don't yeah, know if, should, like if the Clippers would take Kyrie for Paul George or whatever else they were going to give up. Do you I feel like the dynamic were.
0: of Paul George being in Brooklyn would have been cohesive? you feel like they would have moved the same, replacing him?
2: Yeah, because he doesn't need the ball in his hands. Kyrie does, so and neither does KD. So you got James Harden running the point and controlling it offense, which I know Kyrie said – Hey, I'll be shooting guard and let Arden handle everything and Mm -hmm. run the plays. But I think Paul George is just like KD. He can move without the ball and catch and shoot and make his own create his own space. So I think that would have been a perfect fit too. Yeah. He has defense. KD has Mm -hmm. underrated defense. That I think that would
1: definitely be better than that definitely would be better than Kyrie. Kyrie is, like you said, a wild card and like it's kind of like you know what you're going to get from them. Yeah. So, um, it
0: definitely sounds like health is a big component and um, a thing, I guess, that we're going to be looking out for this season is health as far as uh, the Nets, Bucks, everybody. Keep them all healthy, especially Lakers,
1: too. Yeah. Um, the, a- AD needs to take a, a page out of Kawhi's book and not show up to a bunch of games. Right. He, he, might, he might stay healthy. Needs that load
2: management for sure.
3: Absolutely.
0: All right, on to the following day's game. We have October 21st. We have the Mav Briggs at Atlanta Hawks. What about that matchup? Nate, what do you feel like?
1: Um. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Mikey, go ahead and take it right
0: quick. Mikey, go ahead and take it right quick. Uh, I That's like, exactly
2: I like how I feel. I, feel. First. I like yeah, not. I I think uh, that'll be a fireworks show for sure. You got Luca and Trey Young going at it, and Atlanta. We we discussed this the last pod, you know, overachieving and and being in the conference finals where nobody had them, no or even close to the conference Mm -hmm. finals. And Dallas, I mean, you got Luca signing that Super Mac extension because he he was already uh, eligible for it, which is crazy. You know, in his uh, what third year, so. He's made two All-NBA teams already, and he's just on the rise, so they're smart to snag him and make sure they keep him in Dallas. But, yeah, I think Trey Young against Luka Doncic, that, that's a matchup that that's just a great regular season matchup that, that I like. And and they both got swapped. They both got traded for technically. Those picks were traded. So um, I think it'll be a fun, fun matchup for opening weekend. Absolutely. Definitely going to be a
0: lot of energy for that game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Later that night, we have LA Clippers at Golden State. Um, Nate, your team that you feel so you're keeping that your, um, your prediction for having them in the finals. Was that you, Nate, or Mike? No, you I, said Clippers I, had,
2: and... I got Clippers, yeah. Oh, yeah, you got Clippers.
0: Okay. So Clippers at Lakers Golden and State that night. How do you feel like that matchup is going to go? Do you feel like the Clippers are going to be able to? If we have a healthy, you know, Golden State minus Clay because I know he won't be joining that day, do you feel like Clippers will be able to perform?
1: I, I think the Clippers are probably win. Um, Kawhi's not playing to start the season either, right? Right. No. Yeah, so I, I I think that's just like a everybody just getting getting back into basketball game. I don't. I'm more ready for the later in the season matchups where. Everybody's back, and you could really see these teams at at their full potential. It's going to be a fun game to watch, but like I said, I think it's more of a getting back in basketball shape and you know getting up and down. So, but yeah, I I mean, yeah, it's exciting.
2: I think Steph's going to go for like 50 points opening night, and that's going to be the only way Golden State beats the Clippers because I think without Clay, Golden State isn't as good. Uh, so, uh, like compared to the Clippers without Kawhi, because we've seen what they were able to do without Kawhi. They made it a nice little run. Uh, obviously, they fell short, but uh, I think they're just a deeper team.
3: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a good matchup. Excited to so see that one. All right, now following on, we have the Brooklyn Nets are going to be at Philadelphia, not too far away from their hometown that for me is probably the most exciting or game that I'm most excited to see. Um, I know MB just signed his um, extension for 196 million. Do you guys feel that that will do anything for Ben Simmons? I know that's been in question, whether um, he's going to be traded. Do you feel like they're going to go into this regular season having him? Um, I know that they were talking about um, Damian Lillard possibly, you know,
1: Joining the 76ers Let me uh let me go ahead. he's got it, he's got it. Let <laughs> me lay in the Ben Simmons really quick. Like aside from the matchup, aside from trade speculations, and mm-hmm. all let me lay in the Ben Simmons real quick. Because nothing makes me more mad in the NBA than when you get paid this much money, your literal job is to play basketball. You have access to the best trainers in the world and you can't shoot a free throw, bro. I give me one month, of Ben Simmons' <laughs> private gym. I don't even need to get paid for it. I can change his whole free throw. You change his routine, tuck his elbow in. I could get his free throw right. Ooh. He needs to do something. Get out of his head. Whatever is wrong with him, he needs to fix. Because you hear that, Ben. He, I, Ben Simmons. If you're listening to me,
2: my Instagram <laughs> is
1: eight one five underscore simba. You can message me on there. Okay, we get your we get your free throw free right. we change the whole game. Floaters and everything, I got you. Because you get paid too much, you got access to too many people to be breaking these free throws, bro.
2: How do you feel, right, But But how about your, your boy Shaq over here, who was terrible at the free throw line? You know, Ben he Simmons, he, he's an elite defender. He, he came, what, probably second place uh, behind Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's got a lot of game. Look, listen, he can pass like no other. He's got great court vision. He just he can't shoot. He said he's working in the gym. I believe that he's taking it serious this offseason. He's going to get right. But if they make the trade for Lillard and they somehow package Simmons and some other pieces to get Lillard, Sixers will be the best team in the East for sure if they Mm -hmm. add Dame. Because if you add Dame and Embiid and then Tobias, which is a nice number three for that squad, they're going to be kind of hard to beat. But, yeah, I think Simmons is going to be fine wherever he goes. He's going to be fine. Him and MB don't really get along anyway. I, I think he just needs to change his scenery, and, and Philly's just not the spot for him. Yeah, yeah if, Dame, if Dame goes there, I got them coming out the east. Like, yeah.
1: See, you definitely. just
0: changing it too much. If, hey, but that, no, that's
1: if. it. That's, that's
0: if. if. That's, that's a if. big deal. Okay, true. If. All right, so how big but. of a gap do you feel like there is between the Sixers and the Nets? Given so, take away, there's no ifs. Damian Lillard is not on the team. We have Ben Simmons and. Um, and be going into the season, regular season, they're gonna stick it out. What is how big of the of a gap is there between those
1: two? Pretty big, pretty big gap. <laughs> I think it's a big gap. <laughs> I think it's a big gap between them and the top of you have Ben Simmons on the court.
2: <laughs> yeah in a negative way.
1: A huge, definitely yeah. in a it's negative a, way.
2: It's definitely a huge gap because I mean you got three of probably the best ten players in the NBA on one team and Embiid's only one of the top 10 on, on the Sixers. So yeah, I agree. It's definitely a huge gap, but if Simmons gets right and he Mm -hmm. he comes back and he comes out, let's say first game shoots four threes, hits one, two of them. Then I, I might be able to say that gap is closing and we'll see by the end of the season that, that it might have shut and it's, it's an even squad. So we'll see. Yeah. Literally
1: all he needs is like a halfway confident jump shot floater game anything to draw the defense out a little bit because if I, like I'm sure y'all have played like pickup basketball before some y'all on the court with somebody that really can't shoot and everybody in the gym knows they can't shoot so they just sit in the paint and wait for somebody else oh, to drive it's like it makes the game 10 times harder and that's exactly what happens when Ben Simmons is on the court he is a great passer he is a great defender and all that but it's like what outweighs what and I, I definitely think he just needs to be able to draw the defense out a little bit, and that changes that team completely, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, look at Giannis and the, and the leap he's taken with his three-point shooting. I mean, he, he was abysmal, and now he's somewhat, like, decent, and you got to get respect. I know he still didn't kind of get respect in the playoffs, but he's definitely taken that step, and I think Giannis is going to get even better. So that's what Simmons needs to take a page out of Giannis's book and, you know, see what he's been doing to be able to hit that shot a little more consistently than he used to. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen um, Ron
1: Artest talking about him, about like a sports therapist and stuff. I'm not sure if y'all saw that. No. But no, no. Oh, he was he was talking about – they were talking about Ben Simmons. I forgot who was interviewing Ron Artest, but they are talking about Ben Simmons. And Ron Artest is talking about how back in the day, in like the second half of his career, he used to go see a sports therapist, right? Because, I mean, it is a lot of pressure having all these millions of people in the country and the world watching you. Critiquing you and all that. But basically, he's saying Ben Simmons needs to get his mental right on some Marshawn Lynn stuff. He needs to get his mental right because <laughs> half of the game is, or half of shooting, I say, is confidence. If you don't think you're going to make the shot, you're not going to make the shot. Yeah. He has yeah. to have confidence and at least take the shots. He won't even, he literally was under the basket, could have had an easy dunk. And I forgot what game it was. I think it was in the playoffs, under the basket and passed it out wide open layup or dunk. It's like, you need to start thinking in your head, like, I can do this. I can hit this shot. I'm that dude. I'm one of the top players, kind of, in the league, you know. Just, it's all about confidence, I think. But, yeah, Ron and Tess saying, go see a sports therapist. Get your mind right. Relax. And then it'll come to you. And you put in the work in. I mean, everybody sees putting the work in, all the NBA players in the offseason. But that's a lot of the difference between – the top-level players and the guys that are kind of there and the players that know their role, you know, is mental. Yeah.
2: I wonder what it is about Philly because you got Markel Fultz, who was a number one pick and all this stuff, and he had no confidence either, and his shot was dead. And now he goes to Orlando and he looks, you know, halfway decent. So I don't know what's in the water in Philly other than MB being able to, you know, do his thing. So it's, it's interesting.
0: That's a good point. So where do you guys feel like Ben Simmons would do his best where you feel like he would succeed? Because you're not going to trade him for less than what he's worth. So where do you feel like, if he were to be traded, where he would be more successful?
1: Uh, That's a good question. Honestly, I don't don't know. I think he's probably in one of the better situations he could be in right now. It's Mm -hmm. just him, you know?
0: You just feel like he just has to improve.
1: As as he it's in his it, Yeah, he just has to improve. Like, as one of the best teams in the league, one of the better teams in the league. It's like, what what else could you really ask? You have you have a couple shooters around you. You got Tobias Harris. You got Joel Embiid. You're not like the number one guy on the team. So like, I don't know where else he would go where he would do better than what he's doing right now, or a better situation.
2: He's- Two spots coming to my mind. I, I I've been on Golden State. Him going to Golden State. If you got him, Steph and Clay, that's just filthy. But I, even Utah. Utah is one of Utah's oh, one of the best three point three point shooting teams in this league. You give up a couple shooters, you know whatever for him, and then you got him and go defensively, and then you got these guys that like Ingles and uh, Bogdanovich that just drain these threes, and Donovan Mitchell. I think that would be a scary lineup, and that might be the piece that finally gets Utah. Somewhere in the playoffs, where they're not just a great regular season team, and then flame out uh, in in the playoffs. But my
1: thing is, is who who do you give up on those teams to get Benson? Though
3: that's
1: See, this that's is the sh- hard part.
2: <laughs> <This> <laughs> yeah, is, that is, this the is hard. Why Golden part. S- yeah, this is why Golden State should have did it pre draft because they could have just gave up the seven seven pick, 14th pick, and maybe Weissman to to get him over there. Uh as far as the jazz, I mean you can you can give up some pieces. Jordan Clarkson, uh, uh who else they got? Mike Conley, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if yeah, I mean you could you could probably package Conley too and then and then give him a bunch of picks. I
1: don't know. I just feel like if you're trading if you're one of those teams, I feel like you take up more of a risk of trading those dudes for him. Because he's a, he's at like a big crossroads in his career now, where it's he has to really decide and perform, but really decide like who who is he? What who is he gonna be? Is he gonna he has a lot of pressure on him right now? Is he gonna come on top of that and really start showing out, or is he gonna be the Ben Simmons in the playoffs where he's just kind of there a little bit? Makes a good passes, plays a good defense, but you know. I just don't know if I would give up a Mike Conley or Jordan Clarkson, even if they're we know we know if they're like one on one they're not as good of players as, as him. But how does that affect your system that you got in place?
2: Yeah, he's only twenty five though, still. You know he he's got plenty of game left. He he's a lot of room for improvement.
1: Yeah, I, I know that. I, I know. I would take
2: the risk. I would take the risk.
1: I know. I I don't know if I would trade those picks and Wiseman for him. I mean, I could see maybe like Mike Conley. Mike Conley's a little older and stuff. And package of Jordan Clarkson. But I don't, I don't think if I'm going to state, I'll trade them. For Ben. Yeah, for Ben. For Ben.
0: Yeah. That's interesting, though. That um, Utah Jazz, that was an interesting place to put him. Um, like, So going back to Embiid real quick on this next extension that he signed, 196 million. What was your reaction to that? First to the – well, not the dollar amount. maybe Yeah, to the dollar amount and to um, him signing it in general.
2: I think it was well-deserved. I mean, i mean, it's proven he's I, – I would put him in top five current players in the league. Uh, he, yeah. He's almost like a, a Shaq early in Shaq's career where he was just this dominant big dude and he can shoot the three really well. Uh, that's something that's, that's scary, the, the size that he is. Being uh, dominant and the way he was getting fouled in the playoffs and, and regular season, because no one could really stop him down low. So I think this was the right move to get him early, uh, mm-hmm. ex- extend him. Don't don't wait it out. Make sure you keep the best player on your team with you. And you know it it's fully guaranteed for his uh, final year, which is which is crazy. But yeah, it keeps him in Philly until twenty twenty seven.
1: Yeah. He is Philly. Like,
2: you yeah, take him is. out of
1: there, you take him out of there, it's like what do you do? <laughs> you can't really replace yes, a guy yes. like that. Yeah, you're yeah. not going to really replace him. So, I think he and he deserves uh, what was it, 196 million, right? Deserves every 96. single dollar of it because he yeah. shows out. He
0: did.
1: My only thing with him is he scares me when he plays sometimes. He's such a big dude and how he moves and lands and you know he's had injuries in the past. Mm-hmm. I just hope he don't get hurt at all because that's the only thing that can stop him. I don't think it's another center in the league that could stop him, player in general.
0: And mm-hmm. if that so. an injury, because I know last season he played on a um partially torn right knee. His like yeah, meniscus. I yeah, meniscus. So yeah, definitely not even injuries, not even that's like a good thing to be playing on that type of injury, but he is very dominant. Very dominant. Mm-hmm. All right, following on to our last game for that weekend opening night, we have the Suns at the Lakers. I know we touched on the Lakers um, with Golden State playing them on the 19th. Uh, three days later, we have the Suns playing them. How does that matchup look for you, Mikey?
2: Uh, it'll be a, a, another fun game. Again, we'll see it, the Lakers kind of learning how to play with each other, smoothing things out. And I just – I feel the comp- – competitive nature of Chris Paul and, you know, really feeding that to book in Aiton. I think they're going to be hungry. They, they fell short. They had a two 0 lead blew it. And I think they're really going to focus in and, and be ready next year to try and fight back and make a run Lakers. Uh, they're going to look, it's going to look ugly. I think early on, and people are going to probably hit the panic button real quick on them. But they'll figure it out in the season, With at least with the Suns. They've been together now uh, for a full season, had that playoff experience, had that finals experience. They can grow together, and I think they're going to be ready to go uh, day one.
1: I think the Lakers are going to have it tough at the beginning of the season. But I think this is one game where they're not going to have it tough. I think I think LeBron's pissed, first of all, especially – how everybody's saying how old the Lakers are. You know how everybody was in the offseason when yeah. they're doing all the signings and stuff. Yeah. I'm not even, I'm not even like a big LeBron fan like that, but I know he's gonna come into that game mad, and nobody's gonna guard him, and he's gonna take everybody. A D is gonna come into that game pissed off too, and he's gonna lock Aiden up. You got Russell Westbrook, he's gonna come in that game and just do Russell Westbrook stuff, running, dunking, yelling, screaming, getting assists, all that Russell Westbrook stuff. <laughs> and I I, I think <laughs> I just think, yeah, I think the ladies are gonna beat them by fifteen minimum. Fifteen minimum? Damn. Definitely. I, fit to, I just think that I think they're really mad. And it's like they lost that team in the playoffs. They're really gonna come in there like mad though. So,
2: like just show out. I can't wait for Carmelo to go uh, two for eight for like six points. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no, not two for eight. All right. Uh, now, before we get on to Christmas Day, I just want to get everyone's or you guys's, um, I guess, early bets. We'll go back down. So with Nets and Bucks, who do you have, Nate? Nets. Okay.
2: Wait, on Christmas Day?
0: No, no, no. We're going back over opening night. This is just uh, on, I'll I'll okay. opening night. All right,
2: cool. Yeah. I'm going to go Bucks. I'm going Bucks opening night, it's at home. I wonder if they're going to be doing the banner, the ring ceremony, opening night. I mean, that'd be dope. Listen, I think they want to prove that even with a healthy Nets team, they would have beat them. So I I think Giannis and and that squad is going to come out ready to go.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you on that one. For the sake of them being reigning champions, I'm going to go with Bucks that night. Next game, we had um, Warriors and Lakers. Who do we have? Nate?
1: Ah, uh, that's tough. Uh I wanna say Lakers probably. Just just because Clay okay. is out. I, I just
3: if clay was there. That.
1: Yeah, if, if Clay was there, I'm gonna have warriors. But right now, I think I'm gonna go with Lakers on that. I think they're just a little overpowered with the players they got right now. Healthy. Right.
2: I'm, I'm going Warriors. I think they're gonna be Hitting on all cylinders and Lakers, it's going to be a sloppy game. I think there's going to be a bunch of turnovers from the Lakers, uh, and and I think Warriors are going to take advantage of it. And you're just going to see Steph go off because of how we saw him without Clay last season when he went on that ridiculous stretch. I I think that's just what Steph is. And now he's a full year back and healthy. I think he's he's going to be torching it, and he's going to give it to the Lakers for sure.
0: Okay. Uh, Boston.
1: drop at least 45, I think. But I Easy. think, I think
0: right. so, too. Yeah. I think it
1: will drop at least 45, though.
0: We'll see, though. It's going to be interesting. All right. Boston Celtics at Knicks. Who do we have? Mikey?
2: Oh, I'm going to take the Knicks. I'm taking the Knicks mm-hmm. all the way on that one. I think just w- with that squad being back together, and, and I mean, Thibodeau, he, he, or yeah. Thibodeau. Uh, you yeah. know, no, he's on. Coach Fidge. <laughs> coach but I, I think that he's going to have that team ready to go. They showed a lot uh, of, you know, they gained a lot of experience. Uh, I think they're going to they're come out, too. Julius Randle was in the MVP conversation. I, I don't think he, he deserved any votes. I don't know if he got any. But he, he proved himself as a, a top draft pick, you know, when he, when he was drafted to the Lakers. So he, he's, he, I think he's going to – again, he, he's going to be back and better uh, this year. Having Rose and they got it, I think their team is just deeper uh, than the Celtics. So I, I got the I got the Knicks.
3: All right, Nate.
2: Yeah, Knicks. <laughs>
1: Knicks. Okay. Next, easy.
0: I'll agree with you guys on that. one. I got the Knicks as well, taking that one home. Um, Denver Nuggets at the Phoenix Suns. Who do we have, Nate?
1: Uh I'll probably go Phoenix. I, I think yeah. I'm gonna go Phoenix on that. Uh. Um, Take up where they left off outside of the last four games to the finals, but I think they're going to come in that game, play good. I think DeAndre Ayton's going to play good, but he has a tough matchup, obviously. But yeah, I just I think Phoenix is better than Denver, so I just going to go with Phoenix.
2: Agreed. Oh, How See,
1: about
2: I, you, Mikey? I agree with you that Phoenix is better than Denver, but Denver being salty and, and you're, listen, they're getting Jamal Murray back. Uh, the MVP, who isn't even scheduled on Christmas Day. I know a lot of the, the teammates were butthurt about that. So I think Denver's yeah. going to come out trying to prove a point uh, that, you know, they got a squad and, and to beat the team that made it to the finals. Uh, I think they, they want to make a a statement win in, in the opening opening weekend. Yeah, they got Michael Porter Jr. too, who yeah, ooh, I think man. is about to start showing out. <laughs> Bulls should have had his ass. Bulls should have drafted him. Yeah, I mean, they blew it. dangles Sorry. all
0: right uh, Brooklyn Nets at, the, at Philadelphia who do we have Brooklyn. I'm gonna start I think Brooklyn yeah,
1: okay go. yeah go ahead talk, talk your
0: talk. <laughs> Brooklyn I got Brooklyn all day for that one I'm excited for that one I'm really excited who
2: yeah, do we have right yeah I, it's hard not to go with Brooklyn on that one and, uh, you would think because that's the first game, or no, second mm-hmm. game that that they're still going to be all healthy and, and all playing in that game. So I, I got to take Brooklyn because uh, again we don't know what the hell Benson's going to look like. That is true.
0: All right, and then for our last game we have Phoenix Suns at L.A. Lakers. Who do we have for that? Nate.
1: L.A. 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 Yeah, I guess I just I think they're going to come in mad this. Whoop them! LeBron's gonna go crazy. Probably have a triple yeah. double or something.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I. I think that's that's the easiest decision out of all these opening games.
0: I was just about to say the same thing, Mike. You like you about to disagree? So what do you have? To say? I'm
2: about to disagree. <laughs> no, I got Phoenix because I I think Phoenix getting I, I think they're gonna get beat down by Denver, so mm. I, I'm I think that they're gonna come back and have to. They don't want to go down. I know it's that's an 82 an game season. I know it's an 82-game season, but going down 0-2 to a team that was in the finals, I think they're going to come out and show out against the Lakers. Like I said, Lakers, it's going to be rough for the first like month or two for the Lakers to get the chemistry down. Again, I think just the, the chemistry that Phoenix has and the talent, they already know how to play with each other. I think they're going to go in there and blow the doors off. Absolutely. Well,
0: you heard it here first on D3 Pod. So hold us to our bets and to our options that we just chose. Um, now let's go on to Christmas Day. Christmas came early in August. Yeah. So we have Atlanta at New York to kick us off. And then we go on to Boston at Milwaukee, followed by Golden State at Phoenix. Brooklyn is going to be going over to the Lakers or Los Angeles. And then we have the Dallas Mavericks at the Utah Jazz. Now, before we get into these games, which game are you guys most excited to watch?
1: Atlanta at Knicks. I really? think that's the most excited. Yeah, I think, I don't think it's the best game. Yeah. But, I mean, you get to see Trey Young in New York, and he loves being the villain. So,
3: you
0: know, he he I, I gonna, that. that's
1: probably my favorite matchup of, that, of Christmas matchup.
2: Day. How about you, man? man i, I got to go lakers versus nets the finals game or final series that we should have saw last season we get on christmas day hopefully both teams are fully healthy so we could really see you know how close these teams are or how far apart they are uh, talent wise so i am that that game i had circled down as soon as it was announced and the, i mean again the nba did it right they knew exactly what matchups to put on i think I mean, the Naz versus Jazz is probably the weakest one to me, but.
1: Yeah, definitely. Atlanta's first – it's Atlanta's first Christmas Day appearance since
2: 1989.
0: Yes, it is. That's going to be fun. I'm more excited to see um, Celtics at the Bucks. I'm a true Boston fan. So really just see how they um, – how they play. This is their sixth consecutive season. Um Playing on Christmas Day, and they're going to be taking on the Bucks. Um, I want to get in real quick into this Brooklyn Nets and Brooklyn Nets and this Lakers game. I know I asked previously about the Nets and Milwaukee being a potential matchup. I know Mike, you just mentioned earlier this can po- possibly be a potential playoff matchup. How do you feel with having both of their threes? on the team playing for Christmas day. Not who do you think is going to win? How do you feel like that game is going to go? So kind of breaking it down by quarter, what do you think it's going to be like a power struggle? Do you feel like everyone is going to be at that point? They have played a couple games together, kind of got the camaraderie, the chemistry of the team. How do you feel like Christmas day is going to be?
2: Yeah, I think the Lakers are going to have it down Uh, by that, by that point. Mm -hmm. Then if they don't, then I'm definitely going to be concerned, but I think their big three, with Westbrook, AD, and LeBron, they're going to have their, you know, spread out, however they're going to play, who's going to bring down the ball, um, uh, you know, up court and everything. I think they're going to have it situated where, as Brooklyn, listen, as long as Harden is the one handling it and, and running the plays – it's they're just it's too difficult to stop because he, he makes all the right decisions. He's lethal. He can shoot the three. Just step back with that nasty you know step back that he has. And you know if Kyrie's willing to play second fiddle or third fiddle, they'll be fine. And them, I, I'm more worried about the Lakers and, and how that three is going to be at that point in the season because Brooklyn. We all know when they're on the court, they're deadly. I, I don't see a team that matches up really well to them. So that's why it's going to be important for the Lakers at that point in the season.
0: Mm-hmm. Nate, how do you feel about that matchup? Uh,
1: I think Brooklyn definitely is going to be playing together better. I think Lakers will pretty much have it figured out, but I think like there's growing pains to everything. Brooklyn's been playing together longer, and you got two out of them three guys, and you really can say three out of the three guys are like, unguardable. Two out of three for sure. You can't there's nothing you could do to check KD. There's nothing you can do to check card in.
2: So
1: I Should I do even think, Kyrie sometimes too.
2: Yeah, even yeah, even what Kyrie sometimes.
1: Yeah. Like if Kyrie is your third best scorer on the team, then that's tough. So um yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think Lakers will pretty much be there, but still have a little bit of growing pains. Brooklyn is coming in already knowing how each other is, and so yeah, I mean it'll be a good game, good matchup. Yeah. You can match almost everybody up, so
0: that's true. I, like I feel like, I like besides, it. I feel like besides the Bucks, um, that game is going to be one of the most watched, the most watched game um, of Christmas Day. I have like my biggest question is just health. I know Kyrie coming off right. of his. Um, you know, sprained ankle. It wasn't a sprained ankle. Or it was a really serious sprained ankle, correct? Like injury?
1: Uh, I believe so. Pretty sure it was. Um, Yeah, yeah, so coming off off of that. that Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, most of that season. So coming off of that and those prolonged effects. And then I feel like you just have um, KD just coming back from the Olympics, that energy that he just exerted and, you know, played and performed there. So coming back, yeah, I definitely feel like health. Um, leading up to Christmas day is going to be in
2: question for both teams. Yeah. I think they're definitely going to yeah. keep an eye on, you know, the playing time of all these guys. And I was mean, the Lakers too. On that side, if they think that Brooklyn is going to be the team that they're going to see in the finals, because they obviously believe they're going to be in the finals it's LeBron. You know, he's motivated because everybody's saying he's washed and that whole team's washed. So, it's usually a feeler out game. Like LeBron, they might look bad just because what they're doing defensively isn't really what they're going to do if they end up seeing them in the finals because LeBron likes to learn and kind of adjust. Well, I'm saying LeBron because he, he technically is the coach of the team too in my eyes, <laughs> you know, other than making the rotations. But like he, he feels out teams when, when he plays them for the first time. And it, 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 the first couple games, it's a struggle. But then once he figures it out, he, he just hits all the right spots, knows where to find his guys, and, and then really takes over.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like one of the um, interesting matchups that we have for Christmas Day is the Dallas Mavericks and Utah Jazz. What do you feel like the outcome will be for that game? Nate, how do you feel about that?
1: Utah. I think Utah's going to win. I think I think Dallas has to figure out what, what do you need around Luka? to really maximize that team because he's really yeah. ball dominant, you know, and he's a great player, but it, I think they're still in the process of finding out wh- who can we put in, you know, who can we plug into the system to really make it work. Um, and I think Utah is just, they kind of know, they know who they are. Everybody on that team knows who they are and their role and what they do. So I think Jazz will win that game. And uh, I say, I, I get Dallas like, A year or two before until they find that match until they're really yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and and they need to be able to I think they have to sign somebody big to go with them but I think they're like a couple years away from really being contenders
0: okay and uh,
1: yeah I
2: think Utah's gonna win how about you Mike yeah I I feel like Utah is gonna win too but Luca it's a big it's Christmas Day. The lights are going to be all on. Everybody's going to be watching that game at that point. So I think he's going to come out and ball. But I agree with Nate. There are a couple years because you can't go into the playoffs and have Tim Hardaway Jr., who's a great player by all means, but being your second best player on the team. That's not a sign where you're going to go far. And we saw them fizzle out against the Clippers. I know they took them to seven games, but uh, that was all on – Luca's shoulders and this team, it, 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 every game is going to be on his shoulders. Basically, uh, when they're playing these top top opponents, so um, yeah, they de- they definitely need to get a couple couple guys in there because Chris Saprozingis, you know, thirty one mil on the books right now, and he is nowhere what he was when in his prime with the Knicks. So yeah, they need a lot of help for sure around Luca.
0: So we're writing off the Mavs
2: Mavericks basically. I'm not writing him up because Luca, <laughs> he's a baller and, and he can do he it is. on his own, but he's just, he's not going to be able to get over like that, that mountain, which is the Western yeah. conference, the best conference yeah. in, in the entire league. So uh, yeah, it's going to be difficult, but he, they'll, they'll definitely win games and be competitive just because of him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He definitely has a couple hills to climb and get over before he, I feel like sees the positive end of being a math. Uh,
1: yeah
0: absolutely all right and that's christmas day i'm really excited are you guys excited for christmas
1: day i'm excited i love love christmas day games i feel like that's like the best yeah
0: that's like the yeah that's like ritual you have to nba on all day for christmas day nothing else absolutely all right guys before we head out i just want to talk i know we're gonna go way 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 back and go back to the next we have to talk about this nerlin's noel lawsuit that happened between him and rich paul clutch sports i'm gonna kick it off to you mikey what from what i gather this is a 58 million um lawsuit Noel is claiming uh, potential salary loss. But this is a counter lawsuit, so let me clear it up. This Mm -hmm. is a counter lawsuit from Clutch Sports. Clutch Sports sued um, Noel claiming that he did not pay $200,000 worth of um, salary. Mm -hmm. Mikey, how do you feel about
2: this lawsuit? I I honestly, I'm on the side of Clutch Sports and Rich Paul because Mm – they, he told Noel. Rich Paul told Nerlens Noel in 2017 uh, to decline a four-year option, 70 million deal yeah. from the Mets. And he said, "Next year, I'll get you a more lucrative deal. Just play the season on the on the minimum, and you'll get a lot a, a lot bigger payday when mm-hmm. it's all said and done. As long as you perform to or exceed what you did this past season, well." He breaks his thumb and misses forty-two games. So, for yeah, so it, it's it's unfortunate, but like your agent's trying to get you the best offer. Just you can't predict injuries, so I wouldn't put this. I, I don't think he really has an argument against Clutch Sports because he, he made he he agreed with the decision to s- decline that option, and whether like Rich Paul didn't think he was going to get hurt. So now he's signed for the minimum uh, as a backup for the next two seasons. After that, he dropped Rich Paul and now he signed, I think it's like 27 million and then another four with incentives uh, with the Knicks. But yeah, I'm on the side uh, of, of uh, clutch sports because you know, a a player, they're they're out to make you more money. And I think they would have made him more money if he wouldn't have gotten hurt.
1: Yeah. Even when he played, I don't even think he played that well that season anyway. He
3: didn't.
1: It's like, <laughs> it's like, okay. Well,
3: yeah, he did. I just,
1: like, the lawsuit was funny to me. Like, I'm, I'm with Clutch Sports on this too. It's like, Rich Paul is your agent, right? He's he's guiding you to stuff, right? But at the end of the day, it's your decision. Like, where you want to go, who you want to sign with. Like, Rich Paul can't go and sign that contract for you. That's your signature on the contract. It's not his fault that you agree with him, right? Maybe you thought you were better than what you were you didn't think you'd get hurt whatever <laughs> but you at the end of the day you signed that contract and you went with him it's like I, I don't actually even see really an argument for it because first of all you did get hurt it's unfortunate but you did and on top of that when you did play you did not play that good Mm-mm. and you turned down that offer it's like I don't, I don't really see I don't see how he could even Sue him for that. Like it's just I don't know,
2: right? Because even Noel, like he, he had the confidence in himself that he was going to be able to outperform, you know, his previous sets to get a more lucrative deal. So uh, if I, I again, I think this falls on the player. Yeah, it's it just I think it's just shitty luck that he got hurt. It, it's not Rich Paul's fault. It's not Ner- Nerland Noel's fault. Uh, it's just how you know it, it falls right. sometimes. So yeah, it. it, it I hate when players lose out on money, but again, I don't even think he was he deserved that seventy million dollar contract either. Yeah. I think that was I think I think that was that free agent period where what was it Chandler Parsons? Didn't he get like a, a boatload of money, yeah. uh, with the Mavericks or something like that, or the Rockets or whatever it was? And I don't know that that free agency like you're signing dudes that aren't even worth half of this money.
1: Right. It's like it's like like you're not. I don't think he's stupid, at least. But it's like, okay, you see how the market is right there. The players are getting crazy amounts of money that they would not be getting if, say, like LeBron was in free agency. Like these big name players, you know, you better go make your money. That's exactly seventy million. What let let them put seventy million in front of my face? I'm signing that instantly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care so, what. But it, that's instantly. my question.
0: That's so. That's my question. Why would why would Rich Paul advise him? To turn down, he knows his. I'm a, I would hope you would know your clients. You know, you have a not so good of a player, you know, that you're representing. Why would you advise him to turn down a $70 million deal when you know he probably will never see that number again? Right.
3: Oh, yeah. So, injury yeah, like, okay. or no injury? Yeah. That, that. I, that
0: would make me mad. And that's where I feel like Noel is coming from is like, you know, kind of like you, not you set me up, but almost in a way like you kind of steered me the wrong way i'm paying you to advise me and to represent me and now you know
2: like but the thing was yeah you got it you got it bro go ahead my bad nate no the thing (laughs) was noel was a restricted free agent so that was the club that was going to sign him for the most money and rich paul said hey decline this you'll become an unrestricted free agent extra and then you'll get a bidding war with other Mm -hmm. teams so i think that's what he was saying like you become a free agent non-restricted, and you're going to have more offers on the table that you'll be able to pick what team you go to and you might be able to set your own price. How many years did it take for
1: Nerlens Noel to fire Rich Paul? Like two or three years after the deal, right? Right. For who to fire I think Rich got rid okay. of him. For Nerlens Noel to get rid of him. Man, as oh, soon yeah. as he would have for told years. me to decline that offer on firing him and signing that contract. That's just – that's first of all, mm-hmm. I think that's a terrible decision on both of them, like both parts he's going to maximize his money with Dallas. Let him, let him do that. Let him focus. Like how I see it. Like if I'm a young NBA player, Mm -hmm. I'm more focused on when I'm younger on securing a bag. Like, let me, let me make sure I'm good. My family's good for a long time. And then later on in those other, in those later contracts, then I could focus on, well, let me go to, let me go to a winner and do what I need to do. And I think they. New Noel should know himself, and Rich Paul should know who New Noel is to know that he is not going to get more money than what he would have got with that contract. Like that's just, oh, that blows my mind,
2: honestly.
0: What were you going to say, Mikey?
2: No, I, I like I agree with that. It's just I, obviously Rich Paul is looking to make more money, and if, if Noel signs for a higher, bigger contract, guess who gets a bigger cut out of it? Exactly. So,
3: uh, Right, right. I, I right. see him
2: in, yeah, yeah. That's what. That's why I'm like Rich
1: Paul. Like, dude, you should know, you should know who you represent yeah. because that's about as big money as you to get for him. For him, exactly.
3: <laughs>
0: Absolutely,
1: he has a uh, he has way bigger players that are signed him or that he's their mm-hmm. agent. You know, he's he's gonna get his money. He he needs to <laughs> make better business decisions with yeah. players like Nerlens Noel. Yeah,
3: because.
0: Of- Noelle's um, counter lawsuit was for grievance or for a breach of contract and negligence. So I don't know what that technically covers, but I do feel like maybe being, I feel like that was a poor um, advisory decision on um, Rich Paul's part. Cause it's like, like you said, is it, do you choose where the money is or do you choose a team that can, you know, potentially get you to the finals so weighing those two options
1: yeah I mean, yeah and i mean everybody's different everybody might choose different things but oh like you how, how do if you yeah, yeah like I, if i'm a young player yeah because that's when you're going to maximize your profits it's not it's not wait till i'm 36 and then then i'm gonna go try to make money when i'm trying to win my whole career especially depending on like what type of player you are too, like what, what would y'all do? Would y'all take the money early in the career and focus on winning later or wait and then maybe risk a lot of money being lost going trying to win?
0: I think if I knew that I wasn't the best player, I'm going where the money is. But if I knew I had the skill and the longevity to um, preserve my skill and that I would be an addition to any team, I would go, you know where I can. The other way, yeah, because then you're gonna make your yeah. money
1: regardless. You're gonna get the yeah. endorsements and everything regardless. Absolutely, like,
3: yeah.
1: Then that's like a side note. But if you're just a mediocre, uh, I mean, yeah, basically like
2: a mediocre player, like yeah, uh, you better go go get it. What, was, what would you do, Mikey? Yeah, I would, uh, You got to secure the bag <laughs> first. You got to secure it. You know, take take it now, and then you you can you could win later. Because yeah. you get so much money in this league, even when you're unproven, uh, you know, mm-hmm. on, your, on your first contract. So take the money now and run. Right. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see um, him this season. How do you guys feel like he's going to contribute to the Knicks this season, if at all?
1: He got defense. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Anything else? <laughs> no. That's about it. That's about it. I mean, he got defense. Uh, like i like I said though it's like he's more of a role player' it's, that's his role protect the paint, you know play defense mm-hmm. he's not going out there trying to score a bunch of points he's not you know he's doing his role so that's that's his job It's he's gonna go out there he's gonna play defense he's gonna dunk the ball a little bit, you know, but,
2: mm-hmm. but I, stick don't really, to his I
1: don't role. yeah like I don't expect much from him, yeah.
2: I think it just adds more depth, you know. Yeah, it adds more depth. Yeah.
3: Absolutely.
2: They got it. Their their squad's pretty deep, so I like a lot of a lot of the guys coming off the bench for the Knicks this year. They they might make a push for you know top four in the league and um, get it in, or not league, but uh, East because the East. I I still think the East is too weak. So, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how this all comes together. Um see if these rosters stick to what they are before season even begins we never know what can happen in this league but um that's it for us we are not that far away from opening night i'm excited we got a lot more to talk about on our next episode um thank you mikey thank you nate um for joining deep three pod podcast and we will see you guys next time